Zion Williamson leaves with a hamstring injury as the Pelicans lose to the 76ers. Now what for New Orleans? Well, they have some reinforcements coming back in Brandon Ingram soon, but let's look at how this also impacts the bench. It's a Tuesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 121-11. The overall story that game overshadowed by an injury to Zion Williamson. So let's get into that coming up in the first segment of today's show. And also, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, even after Tulane gets a big win in the Cotton Bowl, still recording a show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to support the channel, comment right down below on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with Promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. So Zion Williamson was flat out unstoppable in this game. In 28 minutes, he had scored 26 points on 10 of 12 shooting, gone to the line eight times, made six of them. That's 26 points on 12 shot attempts. That's insane. Grabbed six rebounds, dished out seven assists. This is that one game after he was very clearly frustrated by the Memphis Grizzlies on New Year's Eve. He looked good. He looked very dominant. The type of performance you want to see from him. And the Pelicans had just completed a comeback. They grabbed their first lead late in the third quarter after being down by as many as 15 against the Philadelphia 76ers. And it looked like Zion was going to carry this team to a win. And New Orleans was doing a lot of really good things. They went to that 4-5 pick and roll. It was mainly Billy setting screens for Zion Williamson, trying to involve Joel Embiid in the main action of the play, getting him up higher away from the rim, having to try and defend in a little bit of space. And he had foul trouble and pick on him a little bit. And Zion would either drive and score or kick to open shooters and Trey Murphy, CJ McCollum, less so Herb Jones, who's out there on the court. And it was working, and they were just scoring repeatedly because you saw the Philadelphia 76ers didn't have the personnel to defend it when Joel Embiid was brought up. It's just smart moves and game planning and coaching by Willie Green. But then coming up the court, Zion pulls up, starts limping, checks himself out of the game, goes to the locker room, doesn't come back out on the Pelicans bench to start the fourth quarter. And we get word a little bit later that his right hamstring, it was a right hamstring pull and or strained, and he wasn't going to be returning to this game. This ended the comeback attempt for New Orleans. They fought hard, yes, but they just didn't have quite the same amount of firepower that they needed because they weren't getting defensive stops. Everyone else played really hard and tried, and they kept it close at times. But in the end, you needed Zion Williamson. And this is going to get into something that I want to talk about in the next segment with the depth and maybe the role players not playing as well as some people would have hoped. So this derailed any sort of sense of the comeback. And now we're left kind of going like, oh no, what? 
Because Zion is the engine that makes this team go. I don't know. We don't have very many details on the injury other than it was a strained hamstring and he's not returning. We'll probably get some more maybe by the time that you're listening to this show. So I don't want to speculate. But if he's out for a period of time, certainly the depth is going to be forced to step up. And they've done a pretty good job of that this season. But there's one key thing about the Pelicans' depth that I'll get into in the next segment that makes me worry in a time like this. The good news, we'll get into this next too, is Brandon Ingram is likely coming back this week. They play on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, so we should see him back out on the court. But Zion's really been playing at an MVP level and is the guy that should try and carry New Orleans. If you're looking to laugh a little bit ironically, maybe, after this one, you know, the game on Friday against the Nets got bumped to a national TV game on ESPN, 6.30 tip, because they've been so excited about this team and the Nets who had been winning a lot of basketball games. And so, of course, something like this has to happen. Zion doesn't play on national TV. So the second we saw that get bumped up, we should have known that something was probably coming and going to derail the run that New Orleans really was going on. But they played the Philadelphia 76ers when Zion was out there on the court perfectly. They were defending fairly well, and even if you realized it wasn't, they weren't going to get stops going down the stretch, you would have felt confident that Zion was going to be able to take this one over, either through his scoring or dishing out wide-open looks to his teammates. He looked good in this one. MVP level. 26 points on 12 shots is bonkers. Throwing seven assists, he's creating at that point at least 40 points, if not more, and it was more because I don't have the three-point numbers in front of me. Uh, 40 plus points for New Orleans. That's how you win basketball games. That's how an MVP type guy should be playing. And he was definitely doing that. But if he's going to be out for a period of time, say it's two weeks or so, is probably where I would start this. It's a guess. I'm not a doctor. And I don't have any inside information on this injury yet with the team or anything like that. They're going to need other guys to step up because Zion's a real big part. And you saw while you saw the team fight at the end, they didn't have enough. And they struggled at times to find some offense. And they became much easier to defend, as they should be without Zion Williamson on the court, right? I'm not breaking news for you here. The next man up mentality only goes so far. And there's no one that's really able to replicate or replace Zion or even come close to it on this team. So this is something that could hurt New Orleans and you just need to kind of regroup, refocus and just go out and kind of play your best if he's not going to be out there knowing that the depth has been good and that you have Brandon Ingram coming back. So we'll get into Brandon Ingram and the one concern I have about the Pelicans depth, potentially, something I've said before that I'm going to repeat again that I think is really important and sometimes makes me think maybe it's not quite the deepest team in the league. Let's break that down coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It's really simple. Luka Doncic to score more than 26 and a half points? Sure. LeBron James to have less than 7.5 rebounds? Yeah. Kevin Durant to have fewer than 6.5 assists? Or Steph Curry to have more when he's healthy than 3.5 three-pointers made? You see the projections, you pick more than that or less than that. And the best part, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You see them. PrizePix offers projections on any sport you watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. 
And, and uh, they also offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Even on days when you might not expect me to be recording after that big two-lane win over USC. Yes, I'm a very proud alum right now. That was a lot of fun. I was there in Dallas, still in Dallas, flying back today. So... We're here Monday through Friday, breaking it all down like you want to know. Now for your second listen, Saints officially eliminated from the postseason. Ross Jackson breaking down, you know, what the black and gold's got to do next. Where do they go from here? They had a slim chance that that door got shut on over the weekend, and they got to do something because you can't run everything back next year. Ross Jackson over at Lockdown Saints. Make sure they are your second listen today. So let's keep talking about the Pelicans losing to the Philadelphia 76ers, 121-11. So... They, they, it's with Zion out and potentially out, maybe he's not, that would be ideal. You know, you worry. And the depth has been good for New Orleans. You've repeatedly heard me here and others say, you know, this is probably the deepest team in the league. And I, and I agree with that to an extent. But when I talked about the depth earlier in the year, I kind of put an asterisk on it. And if you've been listening for a while, you know, you, you might remember me saying this. The depth works around their stars. It's not like they have a bunch of starters for most teams on the bench that you can just slot in, and it's okay. It's that Zion is so good and talented, and the depth that they have really fits alongside him and provides necessary skill sets. So if someone goes down, you know, whether that's Herb or Trey or another starter or B.I., guys can kind of slot back in, and B.I.'s kind of in a different category there, right? It's that things really work around Zion Williamson, so these guys can step up and replace some of the other injured role players in spot starters. But when you look at the roster, right, you know, you wouldn't have Jose Alvarado starting on most teams. Same for Najee Marshall. I think Larry Nance Jr. is a borderline starter on most teams, maybe half the teams in the league. Trey would start, I think, on a lot of teams. Herb certainly is. You know, Dyson Daniels is not. That's the type of depth that they have. It's not like a bunch of all-stars or a bunch of starters or things like that. It's guys that work around their main players. So when Zion is the sun and everything's orbiting around him, it can just be kind of like different planets. That was a terrible metaphor. So this falls apart a little bit when Zion and B.I. aren't out there on the court. And yes, they've gotten some wins and fought very valiantly in those moments. But just like you saw against the Philadelphia 76ers, when you're relying on Billy Hernan Gomez or Jackson Hayes, right, or even Jose at times to be the the center point of the offense, it doesn't always (coughs) work. And so this worries me if both B.I. and Zion aren't ready to go for however many games it might be. The good news is, B.I., and don't get me wrong, those guys will still play hard and they're still capable of winning some games, but I doubt a team without Zion and B.I. on the court is going to go on a winning streak. Now, the good news is B.I.'s coming back. We expect him back this week at some point, but he's missed 18 games so far. It might be another game or two till he comes back. You know, that's kind of the cavalry coming in to really help this team and lift this team. And we saw what B.I. is capable of doing without Zion Williamson last season as he carried this Pelicans team to the playoffs and was excellent in the postseason against the Phoenix Suns, averaging over 30 points. But he's also missed at least 18 games. 
Is he going to be himself when he's out there on the court for game one? Probably not. There's going to be a ramp-up period. There's going to be an adjustment period for him kind of finding his way, getting into game shape, getting into the rhythm and the flow of everything. And that worries me a little bit. You know, when he's at his best, am I as concerned? No. But I doubt that's what he will end up being fully just yet. So I hope he can get up to speed soon, and I hope he ends up coming back really quickly. With this game on Wednesday against the Houston Rockets, they're a feisty team. That's a team that's going to go out and try and win. They'd like to spoil things for New Orleans, certainly. But B.I. coming back, if it is that game, (laughs) that's a good game to kind of ease back into things before that really tough national TV game. Of of course, this happened with a national TV game on the horizon. And then, you know, a a tough back-to-back going right to Dallas. So this is a couple uh, tough stretch of games for the Pelicans here. Hopefully, B.I. is able to carry it. The good news is some of the role players are really stepping up in ways that we haven't seen before. I want to get into some other really good performances from the Pelicans in this one, in the loss. You know, CJ's shot was falling a little bit more, forcing things a little too much at the end, but what is he supposed to do? You know, and you still have Jonas Valanciunas who's carried this team at times. There have been moments when he's won games for the Pelicans. So hopefully they'll be able to kind of weather whatever storm it is. And maybe you need to rely on Valanchunas a whole lot more over these next couple of games. But if you're playing games without B.I. and Zion, yeah, you know, you might lose a bunch. And that's not like deep analysis or anything. And it's not a knock on the rest of these guys. They're capable of stepping up. We've seen that. It's just, look, those are your two best players. If they're not there, most teams are going to lose when they don't have those guys out there. And it's a shame, right? Just when you thought we were going to get this whole team healthy, this whole team back, this is what ends up happening. Of course, it's the most Pelicans thing ever that we don't get to see a fully healthy team just yet. It'll hopefully come at some point, but it sounds like it's going to have to wait just a little bit longer unfortunately, for New Orleans. But there's help coming. They are still a deep team, but that deep team comes with an asterisk on it, in my opinion. Do you agree or disagree when it comes to that? Or do you think these guys are fully capable of stepping up and winning the Pelicans some games? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So coming up next, let's look at a couple of other performances. Jackson Hayes almost being a shot blocker, rim protector there. Najee Marshall doing Najee Marshall things. I thought he was actually pretty good in this. And Herb Jones looking better than we were expecting. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college, bowl season, maybe you love that Tulane plus two. Would have made some money today. Of course, the NBA, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they even have those there at BetOnline as well. So it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today. You can also get there on your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now for your second listen, there's a lot of sports going on, a lot of NBA games going on. Make your second listen game-to-game NBA. I do a minute video after every game. Every host on Locked On does a minute video after every game. And those all get compiled into one show. So if you want to get both perspectives, the people, the boots on the ground, the local experts, all in one show to know what happened around the league. I'm talking about Zion's injury in that one. Go give it a watch. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with the local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game NBA on Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, the Pelicans lose to the Philadelphia 76ers, fall to 7-10 on the road. They're not a bad road team. They're just not a good road team either. They're not the worst road team in the league as well. They've had a couple of close road losses. They're actually probably about an average road team, I think. And with no Zion, it meant other guys needed to step up. And they thought they did a good enough job with this. Let's start with Jackson Hayes, who played almost 20 minutes in this one, and most impressively was picking up a pair of blocks, really kind of attacking from behind on trails, really getting to the backboard and blocking those shots hard, and more importantly, keeping those alive. One of them went out and was retained by the 76ers, but one turned into a transition opportunity for New Orleans. I love to see that defensive play from him, that defensive intensity, something they've definitely lacked, that athleticism at the center position down low. He's getting his minutes. He's getting his opportunities. You know, he's playing reasonably well in those minutes, too. He had 10 points on the night, two rebounds. You know, he didn't look fantastic, but he looked pretty good. I'm pretty pleased with what we're seeing from Jackson Hayes kind of being that third big that we hoped New Orleans might end up trading for. Let's also look at Herb Jones. You know, there's been a lot of talk about his offense and if that's sustainable for New Orleans to kind of keep putting out maybe like a non-shooter next to Zion. And it is and it isn't. His three-point shot certainly hasn't been falling. And he's not even taking them right now. He's, I think, a little scared to do so, taking just one in this game. But he tried to cut and move off ball better and just be an offensive threat in some way. Got the ball, attacked closeouts out on him, and tried to drive to the basket and score. And he did a reasonable job of that, doing that four of six. You know, that's only eight points. It's not amazing. But what he gives you everywhere else, if he can do that, that's a viable player to have out there with Zion. Three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Those are good numbers from him. He also impacts the the defense a lot in ways that don't really show up in the stat sheet either. I thought he was pretty good. Same for Billy Hernan Gomez, who came in and did what he could against Joel Embiid. That's a very tough assignment. But nine points, eight rebounds, including four offensive rebounds, cleaning up some misses by the Pelicans is good. He's got a role here too, particularly with Larry Nance Jr. out. Right now, I feel pretty okay, I wouldn't say amazing, about the Pelicans' big man depth. And then there was Najee Marshall, 10 points on the night, 4 of 11 shooting doesn't look good, but he provides much needed aggression. You saw him getting downhill, trying to attack Joel Embiid and force Joel Embiid into defensive plays, into defensive action, and at times picked up a foul on Joel Embiid. That's useful, even if he's not scoring. That's a good thing to be able to do, to get you know, just show that aggression and attack. You need that. Forcing opponents good players to actually defend is a great way to keep your minutes and do what you can to impact the game if you're not an amazing offensive talent. He's got some moments of it, certainly, and that aggression is needed because there's not a lot of other guys that (coughs) really deliver on that. (coughs) Sorry, still recovering from being sick here. So, he, his role is still very good, very needed. He was playing well with Zion and taking a little bit of the heat off of Zion Williamson. So, look, they fought valiantly. It just wasn't enough. The defense wasn't getting stops. This wasn't really a defensive game in the fourth quarter, though I thought in the third they were pretty sound defensively, choosing the right guy to leave open to shoot. A couple of miscommunication issues in the fourth. Iron those out. But overall, this would have been a winnable game with Zion out there on the court. You think... You know, you lose by nine. He would have impacted that either by his own scoring with 26 points already or dishing more assists to wide open shooters. This game was winnable. Winnable. That doesn't make this Pelicans team a bad road team, right? 
Role players play worse on the road than they do at home. So I thought they looked okay, actually, in this one. Just could be tough without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, but hopefully B.I. comes back soon. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.